You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. How are you? I try to answer for them. I always try to answer for them when you ask that, Chloe. You can ask me and I'll (sighs) answer for them. How are you, Chloe? No, I I ask the gang how they are. Okay, but how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that, that is that counts. the gang is also fine. Be representative. <laughs> yes, I will be representative of our gang that is fine. Um, I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. And this is another uh, iteration of Riverdale Gang Podcast, the Watch Along Podcast that watches along to Riverdale. In the summer off season, our um, uh, flashback, I guess? What we we decided on a word last time. We're in our second arc, by the way. We fell asleep hard on uh, sleepover Riverdale gang. So uh, this day doesn't really have a name. It's kind of an overcast. It's Wednesday. It, yeah, it's a Wednesday day. Yes. 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 I worked today. What did you do, Ryan? Um, like therapy and lunch with friends. Oh wow! Yeah, I am envious. Honestly, both are emotionally draining, even with the best of humans. So now I'm going to sink into some delightful Netflix. Yeah, our favorite weird dark sugar trash. With a collection of my other favorite humans. Um, so this episode is the Dark Betty episode. Yeah, I had forgotten just how early this show um, started to go off the rails in those particular ways that they've kept. Uh, interesting what they have and haven't discarded. Yes, I guess so. I was thinking more along the fact that this is how early the show chooses to deal with sexual assault. Mm, yep. Which I appreciate. Uh, it was a very early hook for me, their, um, their Veronica Lodge take, uh, right in the third episode, giving her, um, space to be a voice and, Mm. uh, a leader on this issue in a way that, uh, is a lot bolder than most television, uh, does. And, um... I would say especially for, like, a flagship plot as the founding of Betty and Veronica's friendship. That's, um, that's a pretty iconic core component of this world. Yes, I agree. Um, I have some feelings about the fact that it's Chuck Clayton. Yes. I also have some feelings about the fact that, like, Ethel Muggs is sort of an accessory to the beautiful girls experiencing sexual trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but, but I like this episode a lot. This episode told me a lot about who this Veronica was. Yeah. Uh, in, in a way that the first two didn't, and in a way that it has been really fundamental to who she's become. Um, and this, this is the first episode where I feel like they've really got a grasp on who, who, who they're trying to be, where they're trying to go with Betty. Um, mm. or at least where they've, they set the course that they stuck to. Uh, I still am not entirely sure that it was fully thought out of the who and the what's, um, but I feel like we, the Betty we meet this episode is the Betty we keeps. Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, yeah, I agree. I think, like, Dark Betty arrives and never really leaves. She mm-hmm. just becomes covert. And she arrives in sync with journalist Betty, which I think is is a real core um to to Betty's action motivation and problem solving is that mm-hmm. Nancy Drew journalist mode mm-hmm. um, that drives much of the second season plot. Yeah, I agree. I quite agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I I realized um, listening a bit to the last two weeks episodes mm-hmm. um, just how much I am drawn to immediately connect this this foundational stuff to. Uh, the episodes we most recently saw, the episodes at the end of season two. Yeah. Um, I've started to think of this rewatch as the flashbacks. Hmm. The, like, freeze frame as Archie is being arrested. And then a voiceover, you know, asking, I bet you're wondering how this happened to old yeah. Arch. <laughs> uh, it all began on by Sweetwater River last summer. Yeah. By the way, in case you're just joining us for the first time, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Yes, we are technically between seasons. Um, We took over from some other hosts uh, who did the first season, so we are catching up and uh, uh, going back and re-experiencing the beautiful foundation of Riverdale Yeah, uh, all through the summer. Yeah. So it should be well into June now when you're hearing this, and um, 
we're well into recording time, so shall we... Let's uh, jump in. Badoom on in? Let's badoom on in. Chapter 3, Body Double. Badoom. Bah. Can you get a little more volume? Yeah. Yes, we can. How's that? Great. Great. Just in time for Warner Brothers and Jughead. This story is about a town. Oh. We've still got Jughead narrating. Does anyone else narrate ever? I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember ever having that, no. no. Oh, yes, Miss Grundy. Mm-hmm. I, apparently the show lost a lot of um, viewers by making Miss Grundy this character. I, I believe so. I believe it was a... Honestly, I believe it was a sensationalist mistake in the initial show concept. Mm-hmm. It might have been part of the ridiculousness that got them sold, but I, I honestly think it's a mistake, and I feel like they've smartened up and backed away. Um, from, yeah. you know, the, the, the fake lesbian shock kiss from the pilot. Yeah. Um, they've drawn clearer lines and I respect the current lines of content much more. Yes. And I mm. do notice that they take care of the Miss Grundy, um, plot, like they take care of it pretty early in this season. Yeah. And the second season, they take care of it completely in the first episode. Like all yep. the sands are tied up. Yeah, I th- this is where I really feel like they saw what they did in the pilot, and with a, with a few months of sober thought, realized that's not territory we want to delve into real hard, um, and responsibly put to bed that plot line, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And I'm, I'm waiting for us to get there for sure, about halfway through the season, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Vintage Cheryl. Vintage Cheryl. Yeah, I'm actually re- I actually really enjoy. A lot of this, like, weird, silly soap opera Cheryl Jason mm. plot. It fits um, better after all the rest of what has happened. Yeah. Like, this is not the craziest idea to emerge, this death-faking runaway. Um, yeah, we've, we've normalized this level of ridiculous. Um to the point that they don't have to sell it so aesthetically for us to buy it anymore, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, it wouldn't... Oh, so she doesn't know. She doesn't know that he wanted to run away with Polly. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. All the details. Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> I think this is interesting to see, like, aggressive, like not dadly sheriff killer he's very dadly in subsequent episodes and here he's a he's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna figure out this girl you know <laughs> also they're doing in this in the principal's office yep that definitely like, see it feels not legally appropriate yeah but... like he'd take her to the station and like her parents and her lawyers would be present oh here come yep. her parents yep 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 definitely the whole questioning minors without um counsel is a little sketch sheriff keller yeah um, I almost, I, I almost feel like he got the character breakdown, read Sheriff, and then stopped, and eventually realized, oh, I'm not that kind of yeah. Sheriff. <laughs> Why does Archie have a black eye again? Remember how he got all beat up last time? I forget by whom. Reggie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sleepover was a while ago. <laughs> I, um... Loved just seeing Penelope Blossom zoom in before and like this very uptight, unsexual mm-hmm. Penelope Blossom. An earlier Penelope. Yeah, you just want to like see her get released from her stays. Yeah. Know? Yeah, she's a much more contained person, much less distinct from the Alice Coopers of the world yet. Right? Um, there's a lot of overbearing parents and we haven't gotten to know the nuances of how they overbear just yet. I love that, um, sorry, I got distracted. I love that the, the, um, the beginning of the, like, Alice-Betty, um, relationship is represented by their first similarity, which is, Mm. like, journalism. Like, they're, they're similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yep. Well, that's... bad form, bad cello form. Um, and that's, like, (laughs) sort of the beginning. Like, the first thing is, like, well, I'm gonna do something different, which is the same as you, kind of thing. Yep, yep. And that is the friction. They are two alike. And I, I I love that the show has kept that and stuck with it and re- recurrently taken pains to show us these two women in sync um, in ways that they both resist. Yeah. Um, especially with the serpent plot parallel uh, that emerges later on. I... He really... 
he's not really a good liar, is he? Uh, write songs. I was at John July 4th. I'm at the river at 6 a.m. <laughs> writing songs. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Th- that's normal. That's normal, right? Plain what blank is, face. Does he say? <laughs> uh, yep. He's a dog. dog. This doesn't help you, Arch. Yeah. <laughs> My dad says it. Including me. <laughs> of course, Kevin. <sighs> yeah, to be fair, Is Veronica's she... pretty above it all. Did she just um, refer to Kevin as girl? Uh, maybe. In mm. which case, Ronnie. Ronnie, do you, you can do better. Zelo. <sighs> Zelo. Hey, check. He's a cutie. Too bad he's playing a really bad human. Can I take a moment again to acknowledge that Chuck Layton was an important addition and contribution to civil rights representation and explicit, explicitly created to put the Chuck, put the, the coach, put the Chuck, yes, put a Chuck in there, but also put the coach, uh, put an African-American coach into the narrative to put uh, Chuck and Nancy, these very um, positive uh, representations of young ambitious teens involved in student governance uh chuck is an artist in the originals is one of his defining things is mm-hmm. is drawing and painting um and like really about making characters who are just grounded with diverse interests who are african-american and without that being a central factor um i guess that's still true with chuck clayton riverdale that it's not a set his race is not a central factor um but yeah that character to run that arc is a problem, given the history. Hmm. Wow, <sighs> that was a lot of Archie lore that I didn't know. Um, <laughs> by the way, I just need to point out the Jughead said, I don't think the blue and gold is a good fit for my voice after making a Truman Capote reference. <laughs> um, he's so pretentious. And he's... Thank you for pretentious pedants everywhere. <laughs> he... I appreciate you, Jughead Jones. <laughs> He is such a baby-faced little derp in this season. He looks younger before he took over a gang and got almost murdered a few times. (laughs) I love the beginning of their friendship, romantic relationship, by the way. Mm -hmm. Over journalism. Here we go. Fred Andrews is going to get really mad at his bud, Mm -hmm. buddy, his son. Functional relationships. And when this was the biggest problem in either of their lives, white yeah. lies to each other. Well, I wouldn't say that, like, lying you're with your friend um, when you're actually having sex with one of your teachers, that's not, like, a white lie, I would say. Fair. This um, should be a white lie. Archie is just making extraordinarily bad decisions. Uh, rather than actually just going out and drinking with your friends or something Slightly inappropriate and irrational and irresponsible. <sighs> I guess Archie before the summer was a very well-behaved kid. That's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah. yeah. Photo approval, I understand that. I, I appreciate the introduction of that concept and Veronica being the one introducing it. Yeah. Um, asking Ooh. and confirming post taking a photo even if i have permission in advance to take a photo that was a learned that was a learned step uh now value a great deal yeah oh, this is so sweet this little scene with veronica mm-hmm. but it, like it has this unfortunate undercurrent <laughs> that emerges later but like you know this is a nice little piece of backstory about both characters actually there's there's a lot about chuck that is there's a character here yeah um i'm annoyed that the next time i see him is in that one off episode in the second season basically yeah and then like not Uh, after yeah like if we're going to explore a redemption arc for a young male discovering his own misogyny go in and like i think chuck and josie would be great characters to participate in that plot Mm -hmm. i think there'd be a lot to say um Heck, even the the different expressions and experience of sexism in African-American communities is not really something I've seen on my TV a lot. Season three. Big hopes for season three. Yeah, big hopes for season three. 
Oh, man. you. I'm sorry. I got distracted by how manipulative Miss Grundy is being. Geraldine. Yeah. Um, and, like, getting this kid to protect her and, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of little and little ticks. him by suspending the lessons, like... Right? Taking away... Taking away the thing. Uh, yep. Watching this through the first time, I really didn't... Didn't read a lot of those micro-expressions. A lot of those, um, little ticks of Grundy's. Um, she's awful. I feel like the show knows it. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is, like, the worst nightmare of any femme human... Yeah. Ooh, I love that like Beautiful. shot from the ground with the focus pull, and like nice tight focus on Veronica. It's a Riverdale thing. Yep. Oh, slut shaming thing. No, be a slut. It's okay to be a slut. Yep. Slut pride. That said, at sixteen, that's you know. Yeah, fair. Time to consider potential sluttiness. Sexually active teens are a valid thing. Yeah. You know. Cautious, paced, thought-out sexual activity in healthy contexts. I don't know. I want to follow rules, so I'm going to shove the only visible queer character against a locker and zoom off. (laughs) It's truth! (laughs) Full dark, no stars. (sighs) I love that. I love this, like, I'm not going to take it revenge mode she goes into. Yep, immediately. And Excuse me, I march through the naked men. Mm-hmm, with confidence and strength. And Archie. <laughs> that's a good little retie. Yep. <laughs> good catch. Good catch. <laughs> I mean it, Andrews. Oh, good Betty Betty stuff. trying to be polite. Betty blindering herself is great. Meanesia right on. Oh, Ugh. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, Veronica, take it down. Whoa, whoa. Why yep. is that one? That's a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was not the photo as approved, Chuck. Uh, not approved. Uh, any circumstances. Yep. I love that she calls him a jerk as if that's like, yep, ride the Chuck wagon. Uh. Save the right wor- oh words, goodness. ladies. Every murderer half-brain can grasp it. What is a preppy murderer half-brain exactly? I'm not sure. You know that her father is... Um, a preppy murderer? No, uh, <laughs> that her father is. Well, yeah, actually. <laughs> Did you just bark at her? Uh, some of the. I think there's definitely some barking in that room. Yes. Yeah. Yep. This you is only make it harder on yourself. That is exactly what we're all afraid of. This scene mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Despite Veronica oh, holding man. her own in the room full of dudes. Oh, <laughs> that's the Jericho barracks. Oh. That actually is a very reasonable place for this scene to be yes. shot. A, a military base. Yeah. I don't know that this scene, this is shot at the Jericho Barracks, but mm. that is the Jericho Barracks <laughs> for sure. I'm... Oh, no, it's not. That is not the Jericho Barracks. Where, that is a different where, where is it, Chloe? Um, do you recognize it? I do, but I forget where it is. Uh, anyway, we really need to prep our, our location tour. We do. Dilton, and begin Dilton Doily. Dilton Doily. Underused character again. Yeah, like, this guy'd be all over the riots. I would love to have seen what Dilton was up to during those riots. Yeah. That is his glory time. (sighs) Yeah. I also kind of miss the, like, positive pro-intellectualism of vintage Dilton. Like, interesting character rebuild for him. But, um, again, Dilton was a character that unapologetically celebrated um, science, celebrated learning. And I really liked that in the original comics. Man, Cheryl. Except for my body? What does she mean? Hang on, nothing is off the table? Mm-hmm. Oh, she means, like, rich people rewards. Right, right, right. What is that? I can't remember. It was the one thing. Oh, yeah. The pussycats. And the pussycats. Whom apparently Cheryl's um, already on good terms with. It's interesting looking back and remembering that I guess Cheryl and Josie were friends, even yeah. preceding the stalking. Yeah. I think the taste of Riverdale, that's kind of cute. <laughs> I love this outfit that Josie has on. It's mm. so fun. It's like modest, but like kind not and like just really fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm credited. That dress? The like shirt dress? 
Short dress. Yeah, short dresses. Big fan of those. Lovely. I love how in control Josie is in this moment. Mm-hmm. In actually, like a lot of her season one yeah. arc is really yeah. about her kind. I, I remembering the blips, the moments, the emotional beats. I remember had a lot to do with um, you know being on top of things, and then what? Yeah, you know, she's a high status character who then kind of ends up in this plateau of what to do next. Yeah. I find it interesting that she hides this from her mom. I'm not quite sure why, to be honest, other than mm. the teenagers hide things from their parents. I mean, it could be, that, as we now know, that her mom is heavily involved with gang justice and uh, might try to take the problem on herself. Yeah. That's true, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, this is a lovely scene. Justice for Barb. Yeah. And probably everyone squealed when they saw that mm-hmm. the first time. That wonderful overlap of audiences between yeah. Stranger Things. And a wonderful progression of characters for this actor, as clumsily used as Ethel has been in many ways. Yeah. I also like the variety of people they have in this room. They have two cheerleaders. They have someone who looks like a bit of a hippie. Two very normal-looking girls. Mm-hmm. Normal-looking as in normie, not like normal. Yeah, prep, prep girls. Not, um, yeah. And then Ethel with, like, sex stuff in her, you know, mm-hmm. her cravat, <laughs> practically. Her very young feel. We've all heard your tragic origin story. I love the, this, by the way, and this is not important, but I love the outfit Cheryl's wearing. <laughs> yeah, not important to the scene, important to Cheryl. And who uh, Cheryl is. But, uh, it's <laughs> Cheryl, just... stop being an agent of the patriarchy. I love where Cheryl <laughs> ends up compared to the Cheryl. Right. Each conquest earns them point. Oh, right. So mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that, like, oh, sorry, that removes, like, takes it out of reality and puts it in something fantastical. Like, I think everyone mm-hmm. wishes there was, like, a tangible playbook that they could destroy. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. That it wasn't this amorphous, intangible thing that you can't capture or yeah. prove, but rather this um, this achievable thing. And ever would have allowed it oh oh, so this is an interesting Mm -hmm. thing that they're choosing to do like the woman who's like well my man would never do that Mm -hmm. i forgot about this yeah me too and and i don't they do explore jason's role if i recall i am going scorched before the end yes yeah oh nice yeah good good moment speak the manifesto ronnie more but also, slut pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only say it <laughs> positively. I, I understand that in high school that's hard, though. Yes. And it's complicated. And verging on perhaps unsafe. Oh, check out that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, where did you come from, Jughead? You, being real creeper, Jughead. <laughs> you are at me. perching <laughs> in front of this child and shaking him down. Yeah. This is a pretty so great iteration of, Ju- of Jughead. Uh, this is be- this poor sweet kid. What? Before we know anything about Jughead, too, right? Yeah. He is, he is just our narrator at this point. Uh, yeah. He's not actually a character in play yet. Which oh, is, yeah. Which was Hard- really interesting. Hardcore survivalist. I have a comic about Dilton Doyley being a hardcore survivalist. I completely forgot about that. I remember that. You got it over the holidays, if I recall. Yes, I did. Also, oh. Archie... I never tried to sneak out of my room at night. I kind of wish I had. Like, I sort of regret not doing that once, you know? <laughs> I skipped class once, like, on principle. Yeah, just to, just to see, show that you can. I understand yeah. that. Did you ever sneak out of your house? I don't... I didn't have to. I didn't have to. I had divorced parents. I could just kind of come and go once I achieved driver's uh-huh. license. Um, yeah. The independence of the broken household. There were yeah. perks. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> for divas of color oh good yep Hand- yep M- maybe <laughs> playing out of your depth arch <laughs> <laughs> um but i sort of think yeah this is good i'm glad mm-hmm. we're doing this yep they're saying a lot of good explicit yeah, no, things you don't. yep you do not get this yeah. arch 
Yeah. Can't. You can just waltz into. Yeah. And he's not put the work in. And I, they, the show seems to know that more than most shows. Yeah. That he has not. I like it. Also, I don't know why Valerie speaks up for him. I really don't. Pending crush, given that they start to date. Mm. Oh, here's this little character that oh, never yeah, turns we, up again. You're right. What's his name again? She just uh, missed it. Yay! Men who leave, like, mm-hmm. male privilege and all that stuff. Ally is a verb, not a label. It is yeah. exists in actions, not in identification. This yeah. football guy... I love this shot. I love this shot. I love this shot. Um, yeah, all these beautiful blue flashlights. Note the emergence of the hard, um, of the hard color grade. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, Cheryl's propensity Ethel. for inserting herself into all of the drama is one of my I favorite, know. consistent, tried and true Cheryl Blossomisms. Friends, and she's mm-hmm. so bad at it, and she's so privileged and mm-hmm. beautiful. Like every once Ugh, in a while, I she's so at good at it. Like again, the the Kevin Keller cruising line plot line. Yeah, that meddling Cheryl is my favorite meddling yeah. Cheryl because she just she's literally just there to egg things on a little faster. <laughs> Rut row, everyone's got to feel uncomfortable now. Mm-hmm. Cheryl and Betty in particular. Yep. Who both borked it. It's right there, Cheryl. Yeah. Yep. Shy reserved girl, nine points. Mm. I actually say I have to like the resolution of this Oh, yeah. Plot. Boiling an asshole in... Oh, I didn't mean that. I mean finding out that Jason was actually not a butthead. Oh, um, I'm, I'm good for the chuck soup. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about a black man being handcuffed and having his head held underwater by a white woman's foot, but... <laughs> Complicated boiling, issues, yeah. Boiling an asshole, fine. Mm-hmm. And Betty doesn't even want to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know you can't get justice in the media. You're right. Mm-hmm. Although it sort of seems that's the only place. Ironic that this is the episode in which Betty becomes the media, while also immediately laying bare the limitations and failings of the media yeah. as a tool yeah. in this context. You are a poet, Val. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear more from you, Val. Yeah. We gotta enjoy this little bit of Val while we get it, before she vanishes into the ether of just outside of the frame. (sighs) (laughs) Melody was always my favorite pussycat in the vintage ones. I'm really disappointed she's so underdeveloped. Josie in charge. Josie in charge. Yay! We get to hear all this beautiful singing. Yeah. And Archie yeah. starting to recognize the extraordinary privilege he has to get to sit in a rehearsal and that he has a lot to learn. And like the scale of that, just a little bit. That's what I'm reading in his face, this scene. Oh, I just I just want to sit here and listen to it. Yeah. Look at him grinning away because he's so lucky to be in the same room as these, like, cool, cool women. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Ashley Murray's doing with herself. Like, what's her career goal right now? Because I hope it's more. This show is not keeping her busy enough. No. And I just want more. Oh, man, this battle dress that Betty puts on. Mm-hmm. She looks so innocent with this splash of red. <laughs> and she, ugh. This is my favorite kind of, like... Seduce Scarlet. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. Holies, that's interesting. It's a nice detail. Mm-hmm. Espe- especially given how, when we meet Polly, she is... She reads that? younger and more innocent and naive than Betty ever did. Yeah, well, I mean... It's much more in the vein of, of Pilot Betty. What, what are you doing, Alice? Alice... Alice oh, is right. trying... Without breaking her evil firm mask. Wow. Ooh, gross. Yep. Wiping Ugh. off the makeup. Bad 
momming, Alice. You, I mean, she turns into the, like a rock star mom later, but yeah, bad momming. She's coming from some very manipulative strategies here. Pink perfection. Yeah, look and look at their two profiles. Mm-hmm. Ugh, great shot. I like this dynamic so much more than Adderall Betty from the pilot. It's much oh, more yeah. interesting conflict. That Adderall Betty just gets dropped. Yeah. And I like it because the nuances of the relationship are actually so much more interesting and creative um, than leaning into perfect tropes. Yeah. I love that the music here and her outfit. Mm -hmm. Can I sit? Very asynchronous. I just really, I just like, I find this trope so fun because it's inverted Mm -hmm. because she's in control. But those Mm -hmm. girls who are, like, pretending to be innocent, the ooh, daddy thing, are in control. Yep. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh. And, yeah, the visuals of this chimey, bright music and the, I guess, what that is communicating. (laughs) Bad girls have more fun, right? Oh, boy, Chuck. You're sure asking for, uh... You come up and, <laughs> and yes, I like I can do that. How not suave Chuck is in like as much as he's perpetuating this learned horrible behavior. Like he does not read as someone who's actually very sexually experienced here. Yeah, he talks a big game. Yeah, how many like still a sixteen year old boy? Yeah. I'll be gentle. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And that can't wait. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's like, "What? Big grin." Yep. Man, I just. Ugh. Oh, he learned. Archie. Archie. He learns. Your dog is yeah. ruining everything. <laughs> Welcome home, Ferris. Nice. They start getting less referential yeah. soon, right? Slightly. What? I didn't hear what you said. They start getting slightly less referential soon, right? No, this is like a seriously referential season. Hmm. Um, I'm liking the fake references from second season more. In front of people on stage. That's so cute. Like for realsies. It's the next six months, a year. Hmm? (laughs) Such dadding. Yep. You have to own it. Rude. Rude. (laughs) Oh, this is actually an okay scene. Yep. Well, the lack of communication is is an issue for both of them. They are both communicating clumsily here. But learning. (laughs) Oh, I don't know who's right here. It's kind of awkward. I'm actually kind of bored already with the dad doesn't get the arts. Because he does. He's fine. He's great. And I, I, I think they play it light and fast, but it's yeah. almost just like they needed something for Archie to do before they really got interesting while they vamped through the Grundy line. <laughs> we decided Stop to start fighting over Archie. Archie. Ugh. Learning to share. share. And like... How does he not... How are his alarm bells not going off like crazy? He... There's no brain... No blood in his brain right now. I Yes. And the truth is, Chloe, insane, ridiculous fantasy stuff happens in life. I know, but not with people that you just shamed in front of the school. 16-year-old boy don't know that. 16-year-old boy doesn't know any of that. He's an absolute naive idiot. the entrance of Dark Betty. Here she is. Yep. Long may she reign. What is happening? Who even came up with this? Yes. <laughs> so the first time I saw this, I assumed that Polly had black hair. Same. And I wa- that... I, I imagine it was just like a later casting thing, honestly. Yeah. <sighs> no, I think they'd cast Polly at that point, actually. Because yeah. she shows up this season, doesn't she? This season? Yeah. You'd be amazed how last minute casting can be, Chloe. Most one-liners are cast within the week of filming. Yeah, uh, that's why every actor we know who has taken a go at film has at some point or another dropped everything at the last minute for an audition or for a small oh, role. Oh yeah, that's true. Like a whole theater show. Yeah, like <laughs> dropping out within two weeks. Months. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah, because film and TV are not nice to actors. Um, that's the I 
I never, I don't get it. There's no good reason not to cast further ahead, except that everything is in flux until literally the week of shooting, quite often. Um, yeah, so for anyone not familiar with that process, actors are often told two days before their shoot that they got apart. Yeah. Um, even actors as substantial as Polly don't get a lot of lead time. Oh, oh, Penelope. Yep. That's... Oh, Penelope. Oh, Mary McCoy. Mm-hmm. Sierra. We find... Oh, and here's John Callis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of probably fair. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, though. Enough, yeah, that like... <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the murderer giving her a cuddle. Yep, yep. And there's a future murderer getting his wife back together. <laughs> wow. Surrounded by them. Men are trash, especially <laughs> the Riverdale men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Singing. And here we go. Melody Harmony. Yay. Oh, it just sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, and he sneaks in anyway. Mm-hmm. And Jackhead's already snuck. <laughs> Why not, <laughs> I guess? Hmm. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> uh, man, I locally sourced. Oh, that's why John gets there. He's there for the food. Oh, yeah. Because he's poor and homeless right now. Yeah. Uh, what episode is that? We're getting up to the, the driving episode soon, aren't we? Shake down an evil adventure show. Which driving episode? Oh, the driving the drive in. episode. Yes. Yeah. The driving episode's next season. Uh, oh, yes. Awkward conversations are awkward. Yes. Because she knows how wrong this is. Um, it's nice to see her uh, her unsettled. Um, as I am obliged to watch this woman's plot, yeah. I am going to take pleasure in watching her recognize how, uh, how not okay anything she can say is right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that she isn't definitely, she, that she gives an honest report of this person. Yeah. In theory, she could he, actually be a decent music teacher. Yeah. If not for her proclivity. Yeah. Oh, I like I like her response here. It'd be a shame if you didn't mm-hmm. at least try. I also have a long, deep percolating rant about the concept of making a living in the arts, but that's a whole different conversation uh it emerged while watching the voice with my father and he um raised some very very common uh idea about it's a shame this wonderful singer never made it um the singer in question had worked for almost a decade in background vocals and and small sales uh studio production as well as bar gigs um yeah i i our popular concept of making it in the arts and music i think is really um Ignoring and erasing uh, 90% of the actual careers in the arts and yeah. around the arts yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by attaching celebrity and stardom uh, to making it in any performance art. Yeah. And I love this little mm-hmm. moment, by the way, as if Alice has never been slut-shamed. <laughs> yep. She's so drunk. Alice, <sighs> as a um, case study in internalizing the things that once... Uh, once we're aimed at you, in this case. Hello, truth serum. Um, Veronica's yep. <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about that, and then of course she roofies someone in the second season. True. Um, both valid, I feel like, within the hyperbole of this world. Too fast, too furious. I mean, drugging someone is never actually valid, but if we're going full dark, zero dark revenge... Mm. Oh, here we go. Hello, Dilton. Ooh. So, like... I love I love this, like, I'm really important in figuring things out version of Jughead. Yeah, like, shaking people down for information is apparently just his natural state. Yeah. And not even what he does as a writer by default. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I actually... Oh, man. I want... So many spin-off shows of this show. Mm. Like, I want one episode with no major character in it. It's just Dilton and Ethel. Yes. And, like... Melody. Melody. 
who else is there at this point? Kevin's too, I think like... Kevin's major. Yeah, Kevin's major at this point, but he doesn't have enough story. Correct. In which case, Joaquin. We put Joaquin into Joaquin. our bottle episode. Yeah, and we take, we take each of our main characters and we give them each one related proximity. So... Yeah. Um, from... What about Tony? Oh, Tony is... No, Tony's a season regular now. She's one of our yeah. core crew. I mean, I want more of her always, anytime. Yeah. Um, but in lieu of Josie, give me Melody and a uh, and a and a support plot. In lieu of Jughead, give me give me Dilton. Um, in lieu of Betty, I don't know Ethel. Oof. And the shoe and the and then Ethel's like so pleased in the corner. This weird little cut in. I wish Ethel had been doing this. Kind of, if, like it was going to be anyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad she got to watch it. Yes, and I just like take her slightly creepy satisfaction. I just think, I just think this is not appropriate for a white character to do to a black character. I just don't. Hmm. But like, also, I also think that like seeing a woman freak out on a man is, like, important, too. It's a weird so intersection. Intersection. Yeah, intersections are happening here. I'm not saying that black men don't commit sexual assault. Not, you know, like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to essentialize anything. I just don't think it's an appropriate moment. <laughs> yeah, like, we can't ignore the racial dynamics. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't celebrate the gender dynamics and ignore the racial dynamics in play there. Yeah. Again, the, the fundamental problem that Chuck Clayton is that is the character put through that plot that's the problem yeah um yeah exactly and there and, are there are white characters in this comic uh yeah. who you haven't uh updated into more diverse casting yeah. who could have done that yeah and like chuck the football star he could have filled the, the gap of whoever dropped out right like, yeah <laughs> Look like that in my day, son. <laughs> oh boy, are you gonna regret that statement and joke, Fred? <laughs> oh boy, are you gonna feel awkward Rah, later? Row. Um, mm-hmm. It's like we shouldn't casually objectify people with our um, young people who learn sexual behavior uh, from yes. us and our modeling. I feel like that was the exact same stock shot of the school that they used last episode. I feel like I recognize those extras. <sighs> Should compare them sometime. Yes, probably. Ugh, <laughs> oh, this is tired, Betty. Slight, mm-hmm. slight wrinkle under eye. Running out of steam for darkness, Betty. Um. Also, like I. Oh man, do these characters feel a little more human to you in the first season, and do they sort of become like abstract versions of themselves in the second one? They feel much more grounded. Um. And I think the hyperbole of plot has forced them to become more abstract. Um, I hope they take a little time early in season three to breathe and let these characters process. That's what I think I need for them to get a bit more grounded again. Because right now there's just there's just not nearly as much stuff going on for any of them. And where we're at at the end of second season, all of them have so much overwhelming stuff. Like, um, I love, I love this, like, weird dark Betty thing that, like, Veronica's like, you did a weird thing, and Betty's like, nah, didn't. <laughs> no, I'm oh, good. good. I'm good. Do it again. I do it again. I'll maple syrup a boy while boiling him alive Besides, after drugging him. James Cohen. Mish me. Mish me, I love that the wig is still in her locker. Yep. Sacrificial lamb. Anyway, we need to make an example of someone. I mean, yes, good on Weatherby for doing something. <laughs> Fair. I see. Again, this is a Hermione move. Yeah. She's good with this. Yeah. <laughs> she would rather have done it herself. It would see is my read on that scene. <sighs> yep. Yep. Walk of shame. This fair. Now y'all are surrounded, football boys. Mm-hmm. Terrible consequences in the weeks to come. Yes. <laughs> um, at this point, they can just, like, throw on a pile of foreshadowing in any episode, and they don't even have to 
figure out what they're foreshadowing, I think. Hashtag justice for Ethel. Nice reference. Yep. Everyone squeed. Yep. 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 Slightly predating the Me Too movement, but yes. aging nicely into it. And there goes the book. It feels very Me Too, too appropriate to boil someone in, in a hot tub. I love that Cheryl and Betty do this together. Yep. And Cheryl's first bout of pyromania of the, sh- <laughs> of the show. Yes. But sure not her last... Yeah. Hmm. I may, oh, this like nice oh. moment of like, not everyone is just good or just bad. Cheryl grows so much so quick in this show. I know. Here, when she realizes her family committed genocide. Oh yeah. So well, many... but like anyone with white skin help. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, that her family explicitly bankrolled the genocide yes. as the, the primary benefactors. Yes. <laughs> this is a nice moment between them in this uncomfortable mm-hmm. thing. And Before then, oh, does this end in... Making out? No, I think this ends in the full Monty. <sighs> yeah. We crave absolutes. They comfort us. Yeah, Jug. Some absolute we got going on here. A little bit of <laughs> technically sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a misdemeanor, I'll be in mean, banished from the Adventure Scouts. Yep. Interesting negotiation to try to get himself out of this Dilton. Hmm. Um. Oh, right. Oh, right. He mm-hmm. reveals the... Oh, yeah. Something else. Here's this, like, sweet Betty back, no lipstick, nice button-up shirt. Because remember, it is Editor Betty who actually cracks this. Yes, Which is why cute. she has that gun. Oh, yeah! Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Seasonous Grundy. All the little seeds. Do we know the Dilton actor? We should figure out the Dilton no, actor. we should. I bet he's local. Yeah. Ugh, incorrect. And, like... I'm ugh-ing at Grundy and the hand and the hair and silly. <laughs> yep. Jughead to the rescue, kind of, maybe, sort of. Jughead evolving and growing as a character yes. and a presence in the show. Yes. Which I, I'm enjoying meeting Jughead again. Yes. That's... I am trying to pause. I'm trying to pause. Pause. Okay. <laughs> the next episode just got started and it's not time for that yet. Magic autoplay. So that was that was the Dark Betty. I didn't realize it happened so early in the season. Yeah. And then they, they kind of away from it for the rest of the season right like yeah. other things take precedent um and i like that they picked it up without much of a hiccup yeah. in the second season they continue growing and exploring developing into you know with mixed success yeah but they they can they kept it up they didn't let the ball drop yeah um i'm trying to remember what my initial reactions to that episode were and I think I felt it was, like, a bit on the nose, but I still mm. liked it. I was still watching for the crack of this. I had no expectations of liking the show or that it would be any good at this point in watch yeah. history. Um, I've been the first <laughs> few episodes, and i had already heard things from friends on set. I'd already read script excerpts. I've already read the summaries in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I had no expectations for this gong show. Um, so right. my first watch through this, I was here for the absurdity to watch watch a train wreck. Yeah, and I was here for the fact that they were approaching a social issue with like a bit of grace. Yes, yeah. this is the, the I think this is the episode where I started to start to watch watch. Yeah, I think so too. I think mm-hmm. so too. This episode is definitely a bit of a turning point, which third episodes often are. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I liked Firefly until the third episode. It's one of my favorite television shows. Right. So they find their serial vibe. Yeah. A pilot's a manifesto. A second episode is an is a first attempt to adapt adapt your pilot into a TV show. By third, you've got your production cycle going yeah. as well, right? You're yeah. writing you're writing your crew cycle. And you can kind of spread flow. out a little. So mm-hmm. there's 13 ep- episodes in this season, right? Correct, yeah. So the next episode really is their, um, mm-hmm. the end of their first act, if it's a three-act structure. Yes, yeah, that, um, we're past, or we're into, I guess, maybe the main plot inciting incidents territory, right? Jughead yeah. fights to save the drive-in next episode. That's 
Oh, that's right. the the inciting incident at the front of his plot, ex- you know, yeah. all the way up to end of season two. Yeah, so we got Archie, we got Archie and Betty's plot, and a mm. little bit of Veronica's plot. First episode. Yep. Second episode, we get the, more of the same. In the third episode, third takes some sharp creative yeah. turns. We get we get more of the ensemble, a little more Josie. Yeah, Chuck. We're, we're past. Michael. We're past the introduction territory now. Yeah. Oh, we get Cheryl's plot also from the get-go. Yes. Um, and then, so the next one is fleshing out this narrator character, Jughead. Yeah. Cool. Jughead steps into his own. See, people say the writing in this show is bad. They know what they're doing. They really the dialogue They did not know what awful. to do with 22 episodes. There were some really obviously filler episodes in the second season. There's some awful dialogue, especially in this first season. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, writing from, like, a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, structural television, mm, yeah, like, like, long-term arc perspective. Yeah, I'm here for the writing overall. I'm here for yeah. their pacing, their plotting on the whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. 22 episodes was a little much for them pacing-wise. Yeah. Um, I didn't need nearly as much time with Black... Blackwood round one. No, indeed. Um, yeah. No, Blackwood round one. Wow. Okay, that dragged. Cool. I really enjoyed that episode. Me too. I'm looking forward to the next. Yeah. Um, y'all can wait a week, but we're going to just keep going. So, yeah, we're um, going to keep going. I'm going to refill my tea or coffee and um, see you back in five minutes slash a week, gang. <laughs> um, the Riverdale gang is recorded on and Riverdale is shot on unseated Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territory. Mm. And big thank you to Thunderquack, Patreon, Mike, and all of you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying your summer, and I hope that by the time that this airs, the province is not on fire. <laughs> yes, that happens some years. From Yes, we're recording this before several local elections that I'm watching closely, and so uh, just going to hope those work out fine. <laughs> I'll know by the time this episode's up. Yeah, sure will. How much more the world's on fire. But also... (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Okay, see you in five minutes slash next week, gang. Bye, gang. Bye.